Mm. So if you're not, if your body's not actually using the vitamin D and getting it because your fat cells are absorbing it, then that can cause depression. Isn't that interesting? I want people to understand like there's, there's reasons why you're depressed that you, that are in your control, because I think people with depression feel a loss of control about it, but you can yeah. take these active steps. And what you said with the placebo effect, you can use that to your advantage. Oh and yeah. You can believe that removing fructose from your body will improve your depression mm -hmm. and it, and it could. <laughs> I do that with my, uh, objects of power and that's just like, you know, bracelets mm -hmm. and, you know, stones and things or whatever like that. Yeah. Um, I'll like, in, I'll meditate on them and just kind of like, you know, imbue them with, with thoughts and, and desires that I want. And just like every, so every time I feel it or recognize it or see it, I'm like reminded of this is my goal. This is what I'm trying to do right now. This is what I need and this is what I want. Yeah. So it like keeps me on track. It is time now for something positive. Might be headed to the promised land the of promised speaking land, the truth land, and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. Problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience. Of conscience. Because conscience. that is how it works. This is the beginning. It is not the finale, and that's why we're here, and that's why we rally, 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 rally. We've got to be that creative minority. Creative minority. Creative minority. A way to get in the way. I got in trouble. It was good trouble. It was necessary trouble. Franklin, I know we've got to do something. Do something. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Public Access America. My name is Jason. His name is Zach with a CH because he's not an anime character. His name is Marco, although sometimes he uses Mark, which confuses and befuddles me. <laughs> you know, I'm Jason, and we're just here to talk. We're just here to talk. Normally, we get together at the end. Jeffrey and I get to, together at the end of the week to talk about the topics and rationalize them without having all the hysteria behind them. But we're pre-recording this week so that Jeffrey could have his day off, which I always encourage other people to do for their co-hosts. And uh, yeah, I got the hosts from Audio Pong, which I always have great time talking with you guys about. Audio Pong is uh, what is Audio Pong, Zach? So Audio Pong is a podcast where we talk about everyday topics and sometimes not so everyday topics where yeah. we just kind of talk about our philosophy and our ideas on things and how we see the world and to think about things that in a more, um, not necessarily creative way, but a more intricate way and just to get into the weeds of things and really like kind of like figure out human interactions and why we do things the way we do them and different things like that. Why? <laughs> yeah, what do you, you say why yeah why 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 do that there's a there's, oh. a there's a famous motivational line like why do it why go that far why even try well i think it's important just to think about things and to kind of like get your ideas out there and say them because you don't really know what you're thinking until you have to put them into words you know what i mean yeah. like it's like they're not really solidified and it's it's important to to know what you really believe in and to kind of like just like make them more concrete i love that i think that's important just to have creative uh discussions and things like that and, and constructive construction yeah. discussions i think i think people 
think a certain way and they don't know if other people really do too. So I think podcasts like ours and Audio Pong and Bottled Up Bitches and some of these other podcasts <laughs> of Adam Has a Beard that we we promote is that they promote open conversation to show people that yeah. you don't you don't have to see life the way you're seeing it. There's a hundred different ways you can see it. And if you add those all together, eventually you're gonna have a bunch of perspectives that show you what life is really like. So I like Yeah, your you know, I wish that Marco and I disagreed more. That's yeah. like a problem mm -hmm. we seem to have is that we agree too often. So the conversation is like just <laughs> us like, yeah, I totally I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's totally right. Yeah. So it's like it's it's more of like I like to get out of my echo chambers. So I, I will purposely find things online that goes against my ideas just so I can see why people think that way. Because I, I think that's that. important too, just to like to to understand why people are seeing the world the way they see it. I love that. And like Marco, is it like important that people see the math of your of your what is it? The solutions you're coming up with, you know? You're you're talking, you're having a conversation, but at the end you have a determining factor, you know? And it's like is that important that people see how you came up to that conclusion? You know, that's a good question. I I kind of look at it this way. Um either you want to be understood or you want to be accepted. And if you want to be accepted, I think you're a narcissist. Um, if you want to be understood, that's more of like a relationship that you're trying to build. Because when someone understands you, you understand yourself a little bit better because there's a reflection of your thought, right? It bounced okay. off someone and it made sense. It's like a, like a radio ping. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That being said, I often think the thinking man suffers the most because there's just no bringing people uh, to logic through force or rational right. so you hope that i'm more like a doubt peddler that's how i see myself so I, I, i'd rather just plant a seed of doubt in your mind and see where it goes or if you care that it goes anywhere uh and that and both both are interesting um Agreed. i think that yeah i think i often overthink things too so but it is i don't know i don't know if i'd say it's important uh sometimes it is you know if if the matter you're discussing is trying to reach a conclusion that right. produces you know some kind of decision then yeah you know if you're running a business or you're working with your family whatever you know the situation might be but uh yeah. being what, lost yeah what do you think about that like people want to know, like i see all these posts on twitter like i hate this i love that and i'm thinking to myself where's the math behind that how did you get there like I don't understand how some people get to the conclusion they get. What I was thinking about is we want to believe something and we want to have a fact behind that. But what happens when a bunch of people want to depend on something, but there's no fact? I think what they do is they sit there and they scramble and ask everybody else what the fact is. And I'm seeing like portions of this country just like fact free trying to scramble for one. So yeah. what, I, what I think is important is to say, hey, you know, like maybe politics isn't the lens you want to see this through. Maybe it's more of a human perspective. Like, how would you feel about that? And then come to the terms of does that person represent you? So facts matter. But I think lead the conversation leading up, like you said, you're not really good at dates. I'm not really good at dates. Like, mm -hmm. I know I know the topics going on, but I couldn't tell you like the exact right names right now of the people in the kenya presidential race but i know it's a shit show <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and so i have to take a, per, a human perspective because i i don't have the numbers you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah a lot of the work that needs to be done too to find well truth or just let's say fact um takes patience and yeah. 
sometimes maybe years of patience and, and work and you know scientific collection of data yeah. and most people don't do that i and i'm one of them i mean you know i, I often joke with zach that we're, we're laborers we're the you know we're the pyramid builders that's where we come right. from yeah. and um and if we want to break out of that we've got to be really patient and we've got to be we've got to de develop i think like um um like a, a defense against Im impulsion right you've got a you know, impulse you know um interruption because that's really what holds you back from really committing to anything in life is impulse interruption Interesting. Um, every doorway yeah, so is a, a reset of the memory right well i oh, for real. wish i could do that <laughs> <laughs> once yeah, i heard that i realized where my life was going off the rails every time you walk through a doorway your mind searches for the things in that area that you want and if you can just remain and keep your thought through the door you can keep it through the next room zach is that how you feel dude uh with like the doorway thing absolutely um mm -hmm. whenever i go through a doorway i totally forget why i went through that door what i was going to do <laughs> like i go to the kitchen to get a glass of milk no i'm there searching the the, the fridge for like why am i here right I, there's a reason i just yeah. don't know what it is I can be in the kitchen and hear like a notification on my iPad on the other side of the house. And suddenly it's all I'm thinking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's designed to do that. That's the scary part. That is the scary part. But I noticed that if I just get my hands wet, I can't touch any of my devices. So I just try and do dishes or <laughs> cook or something. Oh, you know what I mean? That's an interesting way to, to yeah. solve the, uh, the, the addiction. Interesting. I like, I like resetting my mind or I like creating tasks and routines and then perfecting them you know what i mean for me that's just nice to know what i'm doing next i know what i'm having for dinner yesterday you know what i mean today mm. and that makes me feel better that i can do other things like this you know i never know what i'm gonna eat i just open the fridge and be like oh i got food cool and then i wow. grab it <laughs> That bugs me because I open my fridge and I don't buy snacks anymore. You know, like I buy fruit because yes, I wanted to change my diet. I thought if I just have like a fridge full of fruit, that's what I'll eat when I'm stoned and hungry. Right. But yeah, no, I just like close the fridge and go to bed hungry. <laughs> that is a, a constant daily struggle for me. And, yeah. uh, I know Zach, you, you, with you, it's sugar, but to me, oh, to some degree it is as well. I understand your pain. Yeah. <laughs> Sugar for me was a big one. I just wanted to cut. Well, they they found out my blood sugar was like over six hundred, and they were they put me Jesus. emergency, you know. And I was like, ah, eventually I just realized I can't eat those sugars. So I start I started with like rice. I was like, I'm not eating any more rice. And then it was, mm. I don't need soda. I'd rather have a piece of cheesecake. And then it was like, well, you don't need the cheesecake if you eat a bunch of fruit first or salad or something healthy. Fill my body with water, and then whatever's left, I can binge on. <laughs> so yeah, it's, yeah, it's a long yeah, process. It's all about finding tactics and how to set yourself up for success. Yeah, not not the big cold turkey challenges, but the little challenges that lead you up to success. Those are mm -hmm. what's important. That's what I like to micromanage on a day to day basis. You know yeah i like to do extreme challenges though too like do you? the first time i fasted i did a seven day fast wow like, <laughs> i had never gone a day without eating and then i just did it like oh let's do seven it's like see how that goes if i can't do it then i can't do it but i really wanted to try what day did you three. what did you have did you do the smoothies or just nothing no so it was just uh, uh black coffee and green tea holy crap and water and electrolytes okay but electrolytes are just like pure potassium sodium mm -hmm. and magnesium it was so like your heart doesn't labor. stop right 
but yeah because you're not yeah you need you need electrolytes like otherwise <laughs> yeah. you'll feel really bad like you'll get dizzy yeah. lightheaded and just like sluggish and really bad i lost a lot of muscle doing that though so yeah. <laughs> i don't recommend doing a seven day fast unless you're you have a real reason to do it agree two questions though do you did you do you get high um i haven't until my 30th birthday so like uh earlier like okay. at the end of last year and do you meditate um i used to do that a lot when i broke up with my last uh girlfriend yeah I lost and, and i started doing that because i was like i don't want to be destroyed by this because it will right. so I, I was like i tried to find every little thing i could to to come out of that healthy when i when i lost my wife i just did not want to eat anymore you know and it was like and then my sister brought some weed over i had i didn't get high and then so i started getting high instead of eating and then i was meditating the whole time and then my meditation started bringing me to places like our the like our universe is just wrapped in time that's the boundary of our universe is time and go even higher and be like our universe is just one bubble in the beer foam that is existence and i was like <laughs> holy crap so i had to stop doing that <laughs> so i started eating i'm just wondering if you had any like revelations during your fast and if you had meditated um, or just any exotic ideas that just popped up because i'm i'm curious if that's part of the recipe to uh the the akashic record you know oh right yeah the the global consciousness thing yeah 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 so really what i what i gained out of that was uh a better relationship with food i didn't really have any revelations about anything um like like any profound thoughts from it i mean i okay. always like i'm thinking like weird thoughts like that though nice. so like that's just normal for me <laughs> wow cool um but like uh what else it, it taught me it showed me how how far i can push myself like even the seven days um I could go longer if i if i chose wow. to but like i didn't want to and it, and it was probably getting a little dangerous as well yeah um i had i was still working out during that time too like two hours a day for wow. like five days a week i think i was still doing i don't think i was doing the seven because i was doing seven days a week during the pandemic but then i started working on a house so i had to cut back um smart smart yes so <laughs> i bitched out i tried to do the same thing he did because I was, i'm like yeah okay challenge i bitched yeah, yeah. out after three days man i had a headache day, i think that was the worst headache in my life yeah if i just had it held on to the reins it'd have been all right yeah no for sure because that was my hardest day and then once i got past that i was no longer hungry i just had a desire for food um okay like it wasn't like I was like, and I didn't get it. The so you have ghrelin, which is a hunger hormone, and that goes up and down um, with with time. So it's like a circadian rhythm kind of thing. So when you usually eat, your body will produce ghrelin to make you hungry, so that you will eat. Um, but that kind of went away, and after like day three, I just wasn't hungry anymore. I just had a, an intense desire to eat. It's like I just really want it. Wow. Um, but like working out i would get like ridiculously hot like my body would like overheat mm -hmm. um what else there was you know there was times where i would feel pretty weak but there was other times where it was like okay this is just another day yeah um 
but you're a better man than I. I can't, I couldn't do that. And I, that's why I kind of get high now is because I don't like to eat. So my life for the past like five years has been learning, um, a relationship with me and food again. So yeah. I can totally respect that. Why would you I, even I, try that, Marco? I Sorry just like being challenged and okay. you know that, your friend is I've doing done that it, with other friends that we set a challenges like some workout challenge or a reading challenge and he brought that up and i'm like you know i never tried that either so i thought maybe i would try that and uh by day three i'm like no zach's wrong he's crazy <laughs> shit anymore <laughs> i'm out <laughs> he's not steve jobs it wasn't worth it <laughs> well i was in, I, yeah and i think part of it too was i was i was reading um i was reading about wim hof i hadn't yet bought his books and i was watching videos on it and uh Boy, I got strong negative things to say about that guy after going through that experience. Um, but that was part of it. You know, I was doing the cold showers and, and stuff like that. And I thought I'll yeah. try it as well. Tell me more about that. Who? What? Wim. Uh, well, what's the best? What's the best way to describe Wim Hof, Zach? I guess he's just a. He's kind he, of a guru type character. He I, believes that yeah. there is a there is a, a um a holistic healing effect there there is a science to lots of, of changing our habits right like so okay. not bathing in warm water uh because it raises your body temperature and therefore your blood pressure oh. and therefore causes damage to your heart this is not proven that i could find this is just what the, this man believes sure and he's written a book on it he's been on a lot of different podcasts uh, he's been on like even real popular ones like joe rogan and russell brand and a few others um, and he, he has, uh, fasting techniques. He has breathing techniques. Um, the cold water thing I mentioned, and they're supposed to improve your well-being. They're supposed to improve, you know, your, your, your mind's reaction time, your thought process, your focus. Um, I, I will say this, it did improve my focus, but only because I had something to focus on. I don't, I otherwise believed everything else I tried uh... was placebo at best. Okay. And you know, the way I look at things is like, if you don't notice a change, then it's not working. I mean, you can't just convince yourself. That's just me. But, um, like so that's that. why I, I got a negative out, uh, takeaway from that. But I think you liked it, Zach, didn't you? What the fasting? Well, yeah, the fasting and then what just in his, his philosophies in general, okay, I, I so got the impression you liked it. I don't, I find Winhoff a little bit, uh, off putting just whenever I listen to him. Um, mm -hmm. He has a lot of interviews. Uh, he I can't can't remember the girl's name that he is interviewed with. Um, she's a she's a doctor, and she's in that whole uh, uh, longevity like science thing, like Doctor David Sinclair and them uh, Huberman, um, Doctor David Huberman. Um, and uh, I think his his breathing techniques are valid because I've tried them, and I definitely got warmer. And that's his thing is that he's the ice man right like he can he does right, uh, polar plunges yeah. and things like that like in the like near the arctic and stuff like that and uh that definitely works like you can raise your body's internal temperature and you can fight the, the cold like that's a thing um your body doesn't naturally just by shivering so if you can harness that your body to to do it on a command and things like that that's gonna that's that that's valid um also uh cold plunges and hot saunas or saunas they they work uh, by activating heat shot proteins which activate like sirtuins and things like that which help rewind your genetic clock like it, it there's science behind it. it it's been studied and, and that that does work uh, um and then calorie restrictions 
that's also a big thing like if you look at a lot of blue zones which are like people that live over 100 um like okinawa like they're constantly in like a, a 15 i think percent deficit like that's just how they live um but they are they're also eating a lot of carbs so it's like showing people that it's not just about the carbs like calorie restriction can be important too yeah. not just through um um not eating enough but like also working a lot like mm. that's important to exercise agreed i think we're putting the the carbs carbs are the gasoline we're putting in our car so if we intend to use them all and not store them then we yeah. need to take in the carbs we're going to expend protein is kind of like the oil and the battery and you know like nutrition is everything that keeps your car running but yeah yeah a lot of times people will put a full tank of gas in and then fall asleep and it's like you just parked your car you know <laughs> i feel like uh like it's almost like the the nos right <laughs> like that's what carbs are carbs are quick burning like gives you a boost right um it, the cool thing is that you can time your carbs right so you can time them with exercise and because your muscles store glycogen which is what carbs kind of turn into is just sugar mo molecules and your your you have uh glucose stores in your i think it's your liver and then you also have it in your muscles so the more muscles you have the more uh glycogen you can store and therefore the more carbs you can eat without gaining uh turning it into fat correct and you're oh, just you're just having energy in your muscles and you can you well you can do it either way you can eat them before you work out or right after you work out because you're going to expend those glycogen stores relatively soon so or you're refilling them right but i like that you need to take in your carbs when you intend to use them you know yeah yeah if you're looking for longer a longer like pace to life then you need more protein right but if you're looking for a short burst to accomplish something carbs are the way to go i just everything in life has a carb to it now and that's what mm. i'm like i'm they say they call it fructose mel absorbent which means like corn syrup corn flour corn powder corn, <laughs> corn products and mm -hmm. some white bread products they it it just sits in my system and creates hydrogen and then i burp that up and it just doesn't mm -hmm. leave my body and so it's a detriment and everything seems to have fructose in it because we're trying to get away from carbs you know yeah well think it's all it seems like uh well there's high fructose corn syrup as right. well like that's a different thing yeah that's like a concentrated form of fructose because there's fructose in your fruits like berries right. and stuff like that too um that's kind of like where the name and comes onion, from and onions by the way oh dude, yeah vegetables are full of carbs yeah. and and but they're also complex carbohydrates mm -hmm. so it, it takes longer for your body to to process them so your your insulin response has a better time dealing with that correct yeah yeah they There's give me the, they give me the sugar i need but they also fit into the lock and key in my colon you know what i mean or my yeah. bowels they're like hey we know what this is but that my body does not know what like dextrose is it says ah oh, we don't like that we'll keep it here for now <laughs> <laughs> Man. do you think that has to do is that like uh to do with your microbiome or is that like just something different i don't entirely? know that that's the path i'm on now is trying to eliminate it and then add things mm -hmm. in to see what because what that what happens is it my body says that's foreign and then swells everything and it's like yeah. we need to but it won't leave until i get it out you know and so that's the i'm just learning that process i just discovered that like a month ago oh wow so and have you started eliminating then yeah i eliminated everything and i just started bringing like fruit back in okay you know? 
like how you've been feeling much better there's really? a men there's a mental health aspect to fructose the depression that it causes and once you get rid of it then you want to start working against it you know what i mean you're like i feel good and now i know why i'm not depressed every day so there's so <laughs> much there's so much to it and then just learning what fructose is you know and then where it well i was eating captain crunch and i was like this is all fructose <laughs> yeah, yeah and then it was like just sugar cornmeal what does cornmeal do when it's processed in my body it turns into corn syrup damn it <laughs> <laughs> so that's rough because like uh yeah. corn tortilla shells are like my favorite i love them and i agree doritos i had to give up Dorito and fritos come mm -hmm. on that's like any fair. chip yeah yeah any well i can eat potato chips that yeah. aren't made in corn oil, oil. <laughs> i yeah. think maybe so, corn you, get, oil? so yeah. you get like soybean oil instead so it's like yeah. damned if you do damned if you don't because right. that's unhealthy too like most seed oils are bad for you that's true mm. I love that. I'm sorry, Marco. <laughs> no, I'm uh, I'm processing all this information. I, I it's all good to me, man. Me I, too. As far as I mean, I, I keep I notice just the simple things. I look at it the simple way. When I just when I was in good shape, I was eating healthy and I was working out. I was exercising sometimes all day long. Wow. Um, what was eating healthy for you? That's what my question was. I yeah. broke it down to. I went especially because I lost. 60 pounds was the most I lost in one go when I first started at our at medieval times at our last job, my last job. And intentional that was, yeah. I mean, okay. I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to beat all the naysaying, right. And I want to prove it to myself that I could do it, especially at my age. Cause it was in my mid thirties, but and not because I, you were fat. No, I was fat. Yeah. I've been, <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's I've, I've, I hated myself okay. and the way I looked for decades, you know, right. and I was in and out of gyms and all kinds of diet programs and yeah. never held on anything. Yeah. Weight, um, weight is a depression factor too. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. 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 I mean, that's, um, I, you know, image is something I think most people struggle with. I'm actually selfish or not selfish, jealous of people that don't uh, struggle with their image. Yeah. You know, I'm sure they have other struggles, but that's one that, boy, you can have that. I, I, I don't, hate that shit. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever get past that, like how I look. Yeah. So yeah. And it's not even, it's not even really an argument for looking good. It's just being happy with how you feel and look, you know, if right. that makes any sense. Cause I know well, I'm like, I don't mind getting older and, you know, and therefore uglier or, or slower or weaker or any of that, right. that stuff that more, I can handle. More distinguished. <laughs> right. More distinguished. Yeah. I, I want to become a philosopher. So i don't need an arnold schwarzenegger body for that but <laughs> yeah no it's uh, healthy to me was uh cutting out um all pop all sugar drinks i went just to water drank nothing literally nothing but water and i ate you know tuna fish with it, it's gonna sound maybe gross to some people i liked it but it was tuna fish in a bowl with cherry tomatoes and a little bit of vinegar and sometimes sometimes some unsalted crackers just for some starch some, some yeah. you know extra carbs and that was it i ate that every night you know when i got home from work and i you know there was here and there things but when i was in good shape and working out every day i could eat anything i wanted i just my, my body burned through it i was losing weight while eating worse there was a period where i was yeah. such a furnace that i was you know eating pizza and other crap again because it just didn't even matter i was still losing weight it was, un <laughs> it was unreal yeah once you get that locomotive going yeah and of course now it's all destroyed <laughs> gotta get back on it one of the funny things about uh fat storage is that fat locks on to vitamin d and vitamin d is uh you know it helps fight depression as well mm. so if you're not if your body's not actually using the vitamin d and getting it 
because your fat cells are absorbing it, then that can cause depression. Isn't that interesting? I want people to understand like there's there's reasons why you're depressed that you, that are in your control because I think people with depression feel a loss of control about it. But you can yeah. take these active steps and what you said with the placebo effect, you can use that to your advantage. Oh yeah. You can believe that removing fructose from your body will improve your depression mm -hmm. and it and it could. <laughs> I do that with my uh, objects of power and that's just like, you know, bracelets mm -hmm. and, you know, stones and things or whatever like that. Yeah. Um I'll like in, I'll meditate on them and just kind of like you know imbue them with with thoughts and and desires that I want and just like every so every time I feel it or recognize it or see it I'm like reminded of this is my goal this is what I'm trying to do right now this is what I need and this is what I want yeah. so it like keeps me on track like a like a memory wall right or a wish wish wall whatever they call those things I haven't heard that one before some people like a, they put an image of what they want on a board. And then mm -hmm. when they wake up, they pass it every day. And then they realize like going through the doorway, that's what they want to accomplish. Yeah. Maybe they I've, should put that just outside their bedroom. Like instead yeah, of it, I've, uh, if you look at it and then forget when you walk through the doorway. Mm -hmm. Or you just like, don't even see it. That's my problem with things that are like, that go into the environment. But ah. I stop recognizing it. I stop noticing it. So it has to like be on me. I have to like bump into it or like, you know, actually like if I'm like, you know, cheering on a crowd and then like my hand rattles i'm like oh yeah okay it's like it's something that's like it's a new stimulus it doesn't like uh get old you know so it's it's yeah. always a constant reminder maybe that's why i make a bell on your body yeah, yeah it is it's like ringing a bell yeah yeah i mean i literally told google to remind me to drink more water every hour you know what i mean because <laughs> i need those things i won't just yeah, grab I water i'll get lost in the i don't know where my water is right now i'll get it later and i'll never get back to it you know <laughs> How much water are you trying to drink a day? Uh, about 16 cups. 16 cups. And so eight ounces. So that's a lot of math. <laughs> yeah. 80. Well, what you I realized yourself is, to drink water, though, do you not do you enjoy it? I don't mind it. It's just I'm I'm distraction based and I don't consider myself important. And so any task that diverts myself from taking care of myself is more mm -hmm. worthy than myself. So. It's a quicker, quicker reward, quicker outcome too. Well, I was, I was raised to please my partner, not myself, mm. like to make my life the solution to their problem instead of being self-partnered and solving my own problems. Well, you which, fit in a Slavic family just fine. I was going to yes. say, that sounds like just like what society puts on to being a man is like, you're the one that's there to solve the problems. You're the one that's supposed to help and, right. like, you know. Yeah, make things better. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I, you know, I kind of binge watched Jordan Peterson because I, I agree with most of the things so far. At least I agree with most of the things that he says, and he, I love his stance when it comes to like the necessity of like men in general, like masculinity, how important it is. Because I definitely do agree that I think it's under attack all the time. Sorry, that would not to like completely jump. No, we're, that's <laughs> that, that's called that was called From, a, flaw, uh, a flawless to, segue. <laughs> yeah, let me just pull that out. <laughs> well, I think I think people feel that masculinity is under attack because there's not a single definition for it. We don't have a John Wayne, you know, and mm. so we don't have anything to attain to. And right now, like we talked about, we're all deciding individually what masculinity is, but women expect a different variety of masculinity based on 
a lot of individual factors in their own life. What their dad was like. Some some women have daddy issues and need a man that's strong and decisive, right? And other mm -hmm. women are those alpha women that are like, tell me what you think because I'll think the other, you know? And it's like, <laughs> how do we find the balance? Because we can't we can't generalize ourselves to be a perfect man if every person we're encountering is individually expecting something different. That's why I think, so I have a theory, maybe it's just an idea, an opinion, but I think there were actually very concrete descriptions of what masculinity is or was. And I think because masculinity has become ambiguous with how roles in society have changed, that we have so many, we have so much fluidity with roles and right. like gender identity. And there's a whole new like, um, effort to just identify with really anything that you know it seems like you can just make up whatever you want and identify with it even if you don't completely understand it yeah. i think that's part of the problem i think because masculinity has been sort of shattered yeah. and that was the in my opinion the, the bedrock for any other identity because that there was nothing because what is masculinity masculinity is the strongest uh, of identities right i mean even it if you think be. of like I think so. If you think of like a strong leader in the past, it really doesn't matter if they were male or female, they needed masculine traits to be strong leaders. Yeah. Right. That was because that's, that's what, what, could... what I thought was masculinity is defined heterosexually one way, but in the lesbian community, there's still the parameters of feminine to masculine, but there's a mm -hmm. different definition. And in the non-binary community, there's people that feel masculine or feminine depending on their day. So the, definition of masculine has subsets of definitions and we're all following different subsets of definitions. what are those subsets then because i feel like I, I feel like i disagree i think masculine is masculine traits are just masculine traits they're just adopted based on who wants to use them so okay. what would what would a subset of masculinity be that's different between a heterosexual man and a and a, a i don't know butch lesbian let's say or, or a masculine lesbian well that's interesting because the lesbian is masking the typical definition of what masculine is but then there's these individual factors that make her unique you know what i mean so it's hard to define but within that community there's a stereotype of a butch lesbian and like we're moving away from those definitions within the subgroups i think and everybody's realizing they get to be individualized but i think heterosexual men are like we don't want to be individualized we want a stereotype you know what i mean Oh, okay. Yeah. No, what, okay. Well, now I'm, more, I'm confused more. So yeah, what is, I can't give you what a is the stereotype. I, I, the thing, the, here's the thing I learned. No mm. group is monolithic. And so if I attempt to define it as it, I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> so I can't say that every butch lesbian adheres to a certain. No, or you can't generalize. I get but that. But yeah. I, I do believe that you could say to in the heterosexual community we know what masculine and feminine is you know what i mean because we are the original inventors of the definitions right the rock yeah i also think definitely that's where... the rock is definitely masculine even if he's in a tutu okay what's or, masculine you know, about the rock what's my give, give me three traits that are masculine about the rock um size shape and intimidation Right. Okay. Well, intimidation would be a subset, right? He's intimidating because of his size and his shape, and his look, and his voice, and his presence, his, deep voice, his, his yeah. energy. You know what I mean? If he wanted to, he could give you a look that would scare the shit out of you. But he could also hold a baby and look so masculine doing it. You know what I mean? I don't know. 
No, it's interesting. I like breaking it down though. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I, I I think I like yeah, fleshing stuff out. I just never intend on doing it by being questioned. I'm always I the antagonist. The <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm pushing it. I'll push it. Yeah. You know, I don't want to take your show over, but I was just curious about that. Well, what I grew up with, I'll put I'll put it this way. What I grew up with was mm-hmm. the John Wayne Alan Alda spectrum. So yeah, the Hollywood. Right. right. You you were either John Wayne and you were masculine, you were a man, or you were mm. Alan Alda and you were a liberal. A liberal, you know what I mean? Like whatever. Yeah, a full Those, balloon or a shrinking balloon. Right. right. So what I learned was to try and be that guy that women want that can be John Wayne or Eleanor. I can comfort you when you're crying, or I can kick the shit out of somebody that fucked with you. And that's what I'm always trying to balance. And I don't know what a woman wants, and I don't know if they know either. <laughs> that was a great joke about that that I heard recently. I don't know if you guys want to hear it. Yeah. It's a little long. So there's a uh, there's a new store. It's called the, uh, the the husband store, and there's six floors at the husband store, and you can only visit each floor once. Okay, and if you if you decide to pick a husband from that floor, you can leave, but you can only visit each floor once. So a woman decides to go to the husband store, and she goes to the first floor, and it says, "These men have jobs." Oh, that's pretty good. You know, I like a man with a job. And she goes to the second floor. Yeah, because that's not good enough. Yeah, you know, first floor, who's going to pick from the first floor, right? Every, yeah, that's expected. Everybody's got a job. But second floor, the door says, uh, these men love children and they have jobs. Well, that's okay. Things are getting better. It's, you know, that's pretty nice. But let's see if things are going to keep getting better. Let's go to the third floor, right? So she goes to the third floor and the door there says that these men are beautiful. They love children and they have jobs. <laughs> wow who would stop right you're you're halfway there let's let's go let's just keep going fourth yeah. floor door says these men are very romantic they're beautiful they love children and they have jobs wow okay let's keep going that. Stop that. fifth floor what's the door say <laughs> these men are romantic they're beautiful they love children they have jobs and they have money well what could possibly be better than that right you're at the fifth door the woman decides yeah. i gotta see what's on level six she gets to the level, she gets to the sixth level. The door says, You are the 391st billionth visitor to this door. And this floor is just to prove that women can't be pleased at all. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe screwed that jump up a little bit, but yeah. No, no, uh, you, you did it perfect. <laughs> but I think that, I think that, that that's like a pitfall of humans, though. Yeah. Too. It it's is. like if I keep seeing that the next thing's better. I'm going to go for the next thing then. Like, absolutely. Right. If it just, if it's guaranteed seemingly that it's going to get better, I'm going to go for it. Right. And then it's like Icarus. That's what it is. That's the story of Icarus flying. Too close to the sun. Yeah. My grandfather was, he was a king of being satisfied. Something that I've always tried to emulate in my life. Cause he, he didn't, he, he, he never needed the next door, you know, out of coming from that right. job. He was able to be just satisfied with like the first thing he found. My, my brother's like that. I wish I could be like them. You know, I struggle with that because I agree with you, Zach. I, you know, it's like, well, with that, there's more on that lollipop. Why wouldn't I want it? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You were like, this, these men have a job and love kids. And I was like, so a pedophile with a job, <laughs> you know, like, where's the, I'm, I'm, I would have probably grabbed That's the, the guy. Twist. I would have grabbed the guy on the flip, fifth floor's hand and like walked up to the sixth floor with him. <laughs> Just kind of peeked in and been like, damn it. I got you though. You know? <laughs> yeah. Play it safe. Got the safety. Yeah. Yeah. That's so hedging I'm, your bets. So you were smart saying way to live. that you're 
uh, role models for being a man was like John Wayne and people like that. Marco right. was yours. Role models for being a man. Yeah. Did you have? Uh, any? Oh yeah. Oh, I, I, I mean, one Zach. of them I, I can't stand anymore. He pissed me off. But uh, and uh, there were three. So well, okay. Let's put it this way: there was Mark Twain. Oh. There's uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh. And then there was Hugh Hefner. <laughs> and two of them are gone. And one of them was never alive for me in my time. Um, but those were for most of my life. And the reason Mark Twain was for his mind, for his philosophy, his way of looking at things and twisting it and making you think and sort of uncovering through. I love the idea, the ability to say a lot with very little. That's yeah. so profound to me. That's the epitome of like wisdom and intelligence combined. Yeah. And Hugh Hefner was, well, first of all, you know, he's a playboy, right? But at the same time, he was, to me, the ultimate gentleman. I mean, he had just the, the, the epitome of class and grace and, and dominance and, you know, just the presence of a man. Like he was so, it wasn't a lot of guys, I think, would go, oh, well, that's Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, 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 no. That, that Arnold Schwarzenegger is a bicep as far as like that's concerned. Right. But, like to be just like this general of, your, of yourself, right? This king of yourself. That to me was Hugh Hefner. And Arnold Schwarzenegger was not about his look per se, but his 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 hard work. The fact that this guy just never gave up. Like he's, you know, he before there was David Goggins, in my opinion, there was Arnold Schwarzenegger because that's a very similar story, in my opinion. You know, everybody was against him, told me he couldn't do it. And I feel that that same challenge when someone says you can't do something or it won't happen for you. I'm like, you, uh -huh. you have no idea what you just ignited in my brain. You just told me that it's a matter of time before I get it done. Yeah. Because what is in my way, right? What really is in my way other than me? Uh, Conan so, I mean, really did define a man for me. Who's that? That movie Conan, right? Mm, that's my favorite movie of all time. It, yeah. That really <laughs> defined because the gender roles were so specific, right? I mean, that actually what that... That's not what stands out to me about that movie. What stands out to me about that movie is that it's about clean revenge. And I know that mm. psychologically, some people, you know, some, some, some neurologists or people in general, philosophers argue that that's not a healthy, um, what would you say? Like, um, well, it's not a healthy construct to live by. It's a, not to live by. No, right. exactly. To, to be someone of only revenge is to be the monster, is to be the villain. But, right. Ooh. But to to have clean to have a clean revenge like that to to to, to be satisfied that's what that movie really spoke to me I guess now that I think about it like because when Conan reaches when he and he gets his revenge he's satisfied he went through that whole lot that terrible life of being a slave of being a gladiator right of being of starving of you know constantly fighting constantly being in a state of stress and violence also he could avenge the death you know the, the, to kill who the met to kill the memory just to put that to rest to bury that trauma. And once it's buried, he's just bored. And I'm like, that's amazing. That's fantastic. He's just done. It's over. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like yeah, I know he becomes he king and everything. But in that like post, but he doesn't care. He doesn't yeah, care. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. care. He's just like, like everything that happens just, to him after that revenge is just all right. I'll do it. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not. If you read like I have the books and the comics and all that. So and it's better, interesting too because the guy who wrote it was suicidal. Revenge, right? Better to What's die. In, better to die in glory and revenge than boredom. Oh, absolutely. I mean, my hope is I, I, I like um, Hunter S. Thompson's uh, will, you know, that Johnny Depp carried out. He shot his corpse out of a cannon, you know, kind of, <laughs> not that I want that, but yeah, give me, I want an exciting death. I would rather die violently than, you know, on a hospital bed, you know, counting my breaths. Agreed. That you just described your future.
I I hope not. I don't want. <laughs> I don't want to be wasting away while I'm still, you know, the last one to die of my friends and family kind of thing. So make, make Sorry, I'm so, 10 years make, younger than you, Marco. There's a good make, chance. <laughs> thanks. How much older am I am than you guys? That's funny. I think it's 10, 10, and 10. I think it's 50, 40, 30. Yeah. Three really? different generations here. That's fun. I love yeah. that. Well, I wish we were had a live chat so we could ask people to ask us questions. Generational. I've been wanting to do that. Oh, we should it actually, since we all live in the same state, we should do kind of like a. Oh, I'm in Florida. Almost like a Crowder thing. Oh, you're in Florida now. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. Well, maybe we can still set it up because I would like to do it for a while now. Like you know, like the one minute podcast idea. I would like to steal that. You know, sit by a subway. You know down ramp you know and just see who comes up to talk to you and what they have to say you know? i wanted to do that with homeless people i was like you don't even yeah, know because yeah. everybody's like homeless people are the problem i'm like no homelessness is you know? yeah, <laughs> yeah. just because you dress them in homelessness doesn't make them less of a human like the, those people story just has to be the most intriguing stories so it's like how yeah there's some people watch... that are going to be like i love it here and there's other people going to be like i just got foreclosed on i've been here a day you know yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you really should check out uh one of my favorite shows on youtube is uh soft white underbelly um, I forget the gentleman's name. It's Mark something. He's a he's a famous photographer who started this channel where he he's basically always on Skid Row, but he, he jumps around in the states. He's been in Chicago and a lot to the the Ozarks. And I Tennessee. think I follow him. Yeah, yeah, and and that's basically what he does is interview uh, streetwalkers and street people, and yeah. um, it's very fascinating. But he, I did he's I did over. reach out to him to ask him if he would want to help put content in some of my episodes because i really thought like a 10 minute story would help people understand that we shouldn't criticize i'm really i'm scared of being homeless you know so i want to protect sure. them before i become them <laughs> there's well, a, that's the fear of the middle class as there, george carlin said right there Just was a scared they shit out of the middle class <laughs> yeah there was a podcast five five decisions away from death or something and it was mm. the guy from hoarders and he had like found himself in a ditch because he had decided to do drugs and then drive and one other thing and like he was one more decision away from death so he decided to like reform himself and yeah so it's like five degrees of bacon but like instead of bacon, <laughs> it's, death. it's like how many steps away of death am i Man, if you're five degrees away from bacon, you need to get three degrees closer. <laughs> yeah. That's a struggle. French fries and bacon. That's what I miss all the time. It's Kevin Bacon, not like bacon as in yeah, I got the food. You. I Kevin Bacon, he was in JFK. He was in something else. And well, he was in Footloose, of course. But he's the one like celebrity that i honestly can say outright i do not like and wow. for no rational reason i just do not <laughs> like him for no rational that's reason. how i'm about jonah hill so i get it like, <laughs> jonah Hill's a good actor. i cannot fucking stand jonah hill i don't know what it is i don't know if right. it's just my my inner caveman be like you know screw you fat yeah. boy i don't know I, I don't think so Mine, mine's that one girl who she was in gilmore girls um and she's done a bunch of movies uh, since then she's like the fatter lady and then mm. who runs like the hotel with uh the main character wow um she's she's what in, else has she been because i've never seen gilmore girls yeah i know she's either. in a bunch of a bunch of movies i'm um, too masculine for that yeah she is she the comedian that was like uh bridesmaids or whatever <laughs> Was she in Ghostbusters? The oh, yes, yes, it's yeah, her. I hate her, her too. Wait, <laughs> is it the McCarthy? McCarthy? I hate her. Melissa I McCarthy? Maybe. 
that sounds, sounds like, like a name. name. She was in <laughs> she was in Spy and Tammy and yeah, I think yes, that's her. Yes, yes, that's her. Okay, I think Dude, that's her. Yeah. I cannot stand her. Like she was good in Gilmore Girls. Like she was fine, but then once she started having like her own personality in movies, I was like, I hate this character. Wow. Like she, I can't stand that character type. It's, she's just rude and right. off putting, and it's like there's nothing appealing about you. It's like I can't stand this. Well, how many female comedians do you think are funny? Do you, do you have all of them? Just, uh, that's, that's the sound of a man trying to get laid I, uh, well i think you i had to get out funny. of i'm getting out of some of my earlier opinions i don't i don't think i i couldn't name i can't name names like you like you yeah. just saw like i don't know anyone's name if it's um, not mitch hedberg i don't know who you are or george carland or stephen wright those are the only the three ones. comedians yeah. i know but it's not that i don't think that female comedians aren't funny I think they're hitting a different demographic. I don't think mm. they're geared. I think their their jokes are not geared for me. They're geared for yeah, that, other women, and that's right. their life that they've lived. So that I don't have the same lived experiences. So I can't laugh at every at most of the jokes because that's what most of their jokes are going to be about. But I think that I mean when I'm when I'm having conversations with certain females, you know, they, I think they're funny. You know, they 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 can make jokes and I laugh at them. So it's not that they're not funny. It's just that I don't relate to this the same lived experience okay. I think that's the that's the problem samantha, samantha yeah. b there you go is samantha b funny i don't know samantha b oh, okay. <laughs> she's not even real My, she, what is she yeah. she was on the the john stewart show and then samantha she does that something with she's a political woman she does jokes but she doesn't do sexual jokes so she would mm. be a comedian you could relate to and i just find her like delivery off-putting so i can say like i don't think <laughs> oh she's, i do know her yeah i think she's yeah, insightful yeah, yeah. but i don't think she's funny and a lot of times okay. she does do it from a female point of view like yeah men are stupid because women think this <laughs> but women can't be monolithic so they're not thinking that and it just confuses the fuck out of me what are yeah. you a stereotype or individuals <laughs> you know come on <laughs> women figure it out you're and throwing me into me. a wall before i can decide to laugh yeah <laughs> yeah killing the laugh which is an art in itself i have to say agree <laughs> yeah, like anti-jokes yeah like the anti-comedian yeah who's that, that guy on tiktok Andy. no i just thought of it maybe there should be one the guy well, there's anti-jokes like um like dead baby jokes are are anti-jokes pretty much uh, oh, how's yeah. it an anti-joke it's just a joke and then there well, a lot of them uh, are and then there's other jokes that are like kind of like um so like uh in in kung pao that movie they they have a, a My, good anti i love that movie yeah it's like what's one. the difference between um a bungee cord and an owl my ass like it just doesn't make sense <laughs> it doesn't like, make sense a, and i love saying <laughs> those like that's like a norm mcdonald joke yeah yeah like, it just goes nowhere it just dies <laughs> yeah yeah those are anti-jokes yeah there was a guy i don't know if you remember the tv show taxi there was oh, a, yeah. a comedian on there, Latka Gravis. Oh, I don't remember uh, his real name, but he was like the king of the anti-joke. That's uh yeah, that's uh, oh man. Um Andy something. And Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman, name. the king Andy of Kaufman the Andy Kaufman was a very famous comedian. Yeah, some people hail him as like, you know, um like a cornerstone like guy who changed comedy. Yeah. I have to say I think he's highly overrated. 
I don't well, know. I agree. You have to like that style. You you don't like yeah. Mitch Hedberg if you're not an insane. No, I do like Mitch Hedberg. Know? Oh, I see but, what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. You're not yeah. a caveman listening to Stephen Wright. You know, it's just like those are the oh, I love Stephen Wright. <laughs> so if there if there's a woman that wants to get on an intellectual level and tell me that, you know, a three and four met eleven or something, whatever the joke was, you mm. know, like I'm all in favor of those jokes. Like, but I just I'm not gonna know what to say when you say your vagina's dry, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can't think of any like the male version of that that would be funny, right? right. I actually was looking for it once on YouTube, so my search my search uh, history is probably a little weird, but find, <laughs> you know, like genitalia jokes for men, yeah, if it makes any sense. Well, Joe Joe Coy does some like male genitalia jokes. He talks about his son, like like just whipping out his penis and like, Dad, look at my tang tang. Yeah, it's yeah, like that's yeah. what he calls it. Is it funny though? I don't find potty humor funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole genre of comedy that's like I masturbate. Ha ha ha. That's another like, that's another like laugh killer. If you laugh indiscriminately at your own shit before anyone else can. Right. It's like how devastating pathetic am I? Let's go with yeah, this that's, form of comedy, you know. Yeah, that's pretty much what it says. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I there's a that's... there's a guy that was uh he's like a disabled um I don't know if he has not downs, he has something else. Um He's a really good comedian. Uh, something blue, I think, is his name. I should I should find him. He's hilarious, you know. He and he. What I like is that he incorporates like his disability into his right. jokes, right? So like the fact that his arm is always up like this and shit, and it just kind of does its own thing, you know. Like yeah, yeah. it'll just randomly catch a pigeon and kill it out of the air. Like that's hilarious. <laughs> <to> me, <you. laughs> like what if your arm was just a claw you couldn't control, you know? I love that. I have a question yeah. for Zach though, because we didn't finish it. What's your definition of masculinity? Who who mm. defines that for you? So I always say that my dad taught me how to be a good man and my mother taught me how to be a good person. So like my father, you know, I learned from him to be the one that's like, you know, helping out around the house all the time, making, you know, fixing whatever needs to be fixed, <clears throat> being the one that's providing for the family, like with a job or whatever, you know, putting, you know, putting food on the table, things like that, making sure the shelter's there um, and protection. And then like, you know, things like that, like that, like, that that's what a man is someone who's always strong and always there and dependable so there's no um, real celebrity that could define that for you no you like I, growing up there we didn't have tv like we had like um we had basic channels mm -hmm. so we had Me like too, you know, yeah yeah we didn't really have like um much going on you know for, for like cable i didn't watch sports um i find that the most boring thing in the world to watch sports um because it just makes me want to play them so i can't i can't it's just like i don't want to watch you play it's like watching someone play a video game i just don't get it wow um yeah. and then yeah my mom taught me how to be kind how to be compassionate and how to how to like you know be more um you know polite and things like that i like that so a woman taught you masculinity yeah yeah i think i mean but to me like that's just all about being a good person in general like being right. a good man is just what a good person is so it's like for me it's hard to to put i like that i think that's the best that's the best definition we've had so far i don't it, i think i think it's a personal thing i don't know because like we were talking about it is ambiguous and it, yeah. and it has or at least it has become ambiguous so i think it's very personal what is a man to you what what defines your yeah. masculinity your manhood I so. think it I think it's always been ambiguous based on age and um experience. I think everybody experiences mm -hmm. masculine if if your dad was John Wayne Gacy, you see masculinity in a totally different way than if you were <laughs> raised by just your mom. 
I was raised yeah. by just my mom, and you just made me think of that. Yeah, she taught well, same. me. How to I mean, be, it yeah. was it was my my father passed away when I was twelve, yeah. and then from then on, it was just my mom, and then my brother and sister who are both younger than me. So yeah. I kind of filled that role as you know the the man of the house, if you will. Right. I so like that. that. You know. Grow up all, pretty fast. Your version of masculinity fit more of a relationship man, whereas Marco's fit more of a single man, whereas mine just fit more of a caveman. So I like the progression of this conversation. Well, but I think uh, give, yeah, masculinity. I think gave it. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. No, masculinity with time and experience changes and alters. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, uh, and I think it gets me into trouble too sometimes with like the way because I I don't ask for help when i need it you know because uh, i'm like oh i i like you know i need to be able to do this this is you know right it's like it's a point of pride at that point so you know there there's there's pitfalls to everything wow well thank you guys for being here on public access america we're going to be back thursday with more from audio pong but i wanted to let you all know you can find audio pong or public access america anywhere you find your favorite podcast like apple spotify google play player fm the stitcher smart radio app and of course on youtube where audio pong has just started putting out some really awesome videos the latest one contains me so really you should go check that stuff out <laughs> to those who would tear the world down we will defeat you this is our moment this is our time to those who seek peace and security we support you yes we can and to all those who have wondered if america's beacon still burns as bright tonight we prove Place. And I don't care how tough you are, they will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. Ask not yes, we can. what your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. I, poor little children, yes, we can. one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. It's In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Welcome, welcome to Public, to public Access, Access America. America. Yes, we can. Sunday live streams Sunday on live YouTube. Streams. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Twitter. Apple Podcasts. Podcast, Stitcher, Stitcher Smart, Smart Radio, Radio, Radio Public. And, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access public America. Access history America. in the making. Making history making in the making.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.